Welcome to the Dietitian's Dish Podcast. We are Gina and Nicole, two dietitian mamas and good friends living in Ohio and Michigan. This is a podcast dedicated to making whole family wellness more fun and less stressful. Whether you're listening in the car or slumped on the couch with a glass of wine, welcome. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nicole. And I'm Gina. And today we are dishing all about not becoming a short order cook. But first, a little catching up. Gina, what's going on? Mm, Well, I think first we should talk about our weekend together. It was so fun. It was. It was so fun. I think, you know, I... I think we had a better time with this visit compared to the one we when we went to your place. Nothing against you guys, but the weather was perfect. I mean, right? It couldn't have gotten any better. The zoo was hot. Yeah. When you guys came, well, it was like yeah. rainy. And it yeah, was. it was. But we still good. had fun. Sure. But I mean, good weather always makes for a better time. And, and it was hot, but I didn't think it was stifling. I mean, if, it, if you guys would have come in July, it would have been horrible. Because it, it wasn't humid yet. So in, in July and August, True. it's not only hot, but also humid. And I feel like it's still a little bit dry now. So it was kind mm-hmm. of like the perfect heat, in my opinion. Yeah, it was great. It was the perfect mix of leisure and activity and uh, downtime. Yeah, your mom was the hostess with the mostest. Uh, we got to shack up at uh, Gina's mom's condo, which was <laughs> awesome. Uh, yeah, we had a great time. What was your favorite part of the weekend? Oh, my gosh. What was it? Honestly, the zoo, I have to say, I ra- I rarely have fun at the zoo. And we just, we did it all. And we didn't even, we probably, I shouldn't even say we did it all. We didn't. It felt like we did. We were there for almost three hours, but we still only saw about half the zoo. But by the time we left, we were, we were ready to leave. We were done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we saw the best part of the zoo. I think we missed maybe, I don't even know what the other side of the zoo, what were some things, we didn't get to see bears and lions. I we got to see the we, polar bear who was very active trying did. to get whatever out of his little barrel. Um, He was so That's cute. True. But feeding That's the giraffes was so fun. And the, the girls loved riding the camels. Um, It was perfect. What was your favorite part of the zoo? Favorite part of the zoo was definitely petting the stingrays. And I will say both of our kids. So we asked our kids to draw a picture. We were out to dinner and we we're like, here, draw a picture of your favorite part of the weekend. And they both, both Shay and Paige. And I don't know I don't know if Piper and Cameron even drew anything, but they drew a picture or they drew a picture of us petting the the stingrays at the zoo. They were both very good drawings. We had them write a little sentence about it too. But yeah, I agree that that was the, my favorite part and something about the zoo that I'd actually never done. I've been going to the zoo, the Columbus Zoo, since I was, I don't know, in the womb, I want to say. <laughs> um, and I've never pet the stingrays. Truthfully, I don't know how long they've been there, but I've never done that before. So I really enjoyed that. Uh so anything else about the zoo that you want to talk about? No, it was just fun. Good yeah, time. We had a good time. Good call. Home renovations. We are doing a ton, of, not a ton. We're not adding on to our house or anything. We're just doing some interior and a little bit of exterior home. I would say just improvements, not necessarily renovations, but uh, just to make our house a little bit more livable and entertainable. We decided that we're going to hold off moving. We were considering possibly moving this year or next year, but with the housing market as it is now, it's just a ridiculous. I'm not going to spend a hundred grand over asking price. So we are just going to put some money into the house and uh, I don't know, see what happens in a couple of years. If we decide to stay, we'll stay. If we decide to move in in two or three years, we will, but at least we'll have done some things to the house that we've always wanted to do. And then of course, a a new homeowner will enjoy those things as well. Uh, Updates. 
on my children's health. I there are, you know there are those times when I'm sure you still do this, but especially before you had kids, you'd look at parents and you would judge them for doing X Y Z. Um, but that was before you had kids, so you really had no idea what you were talking about. But one of the things that I would always judge, I don't know, always, but I've certainly done it before where I'm like, how can you let your kid get a cavity? You know, don't you brush their teeth or, you know, not let them eat chewy candies or whatever it is. Okay, well, here we go. Cameron, my four-year-old is officially has his first cavity in his baby teeth. And let me tell you, we are very diligent about brushing his teeth. We have since he, you know, his teeth first popped out. But it, I do truly believe it's genetic. Nick has very, he always says he has soft enamel. He has tons of cavities. And I've always kind of laughed at it, like whatever that means. Well, Cameron's dentist told me his teeth are chalky. And I'm trying, I'm like, I'm picturing his teeth disintegrating, basically. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what else to picture. So this is probably going to be the first of many. I'm just very blessed that he, and thankful that he is very good in the dentist chair. He doesn't squirm. He'll be fine. Paige, on the other hand, if she gets a cavity, I will lose it because I she'll I don't I don't we'll have to like <laughs> I don't even know. You may need how a they new dentist. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, don't worry, we already got a new dentist. Actually, oh. our dentist told us he's like I don't think we can handle Paige anymore because she wouldn't open her. Anyway, long story. Yeah. So it's it's Cameron. I guess it could be worse, but still, he's four. I feel I feel terrible. Uh, lastly, we I think I said this. I talked about this on the podcast, but we joined a community sustainable. Act agriculture. Is that what it is? CSA or shared community? Yeah. Either way. Community shared agriculture. Yeah. Uh, so we got our first share of our crop yesterday at a local farmer's market. It was really exciting. We picked up some strawberries, cherries, asparagus, and lettuce. We just got half a share. Um, so it was perfect. The perfect amount of food. The cherries were delicious, a little bit tart, but still very, very good. And so I'm excited about that for the next, actually next about four months through October. That's I'm jealous. Fun. Those cherries looked amazing. Oh my gosh, they're so good. And, and even Paige ate one, which I knew she would, but I was afraid they were going to be too tart for her, but she liked them. I put them in her lunch actually today. I think we what about you? four What's pounds new? of cherries just this week. They were on sale. <laughs> Mark and my kids love cherries. I love them too, but they will tear them up. Um, okay, before we move on from the Columbus weekend though, can we just say how cute our kids were together? I thought they yeah. got around along so well. And everywhere, if we were on the, on the move, our kids like paired up or they were all four like holding hands in a line. And I think I think people are just looking at us like, look at those cute kids. They're so well behaved. I, that's what I'm telling myself. OK, I, no, we we. OK, so actually, I would say my second favorite part of that weekend was when we went to brunch at um, town hall Uh huh. because the food was delicious. But also the kids were just I couldn't believe how well behaved they were. Yeah, I mean, it good. was just I was nervous. I was just thinking to myself, OK, we've got four kids. I don't know. They're kind of rowdy because they've been playing at the swing set or at the playground. And then they just, they were so good. And yeah, they were acted like they were best friends and they'd been, you know, best friends forever. Truthfully, they really picked up like right where we left off, even though it's been over a year since we saw you guys. Yeah, it was February and it's funny 2020. <laughs> COVID just ended, right? Like last week, it's like, whoop, COVID's our last week before. Um, so it was funny. We were going places. It's like, oh, no mass. Oh, okay. Like it just felt so foreign to me. It did. I went, that was my first time being in an indoor facility with many people other than in my dreams. Cause I've had dreams about this where I'm like <laughs> with a bunch of people and no one's wearing masks. And I'm kind of freaking out. Um, so my dream came true in the best way. I'm like, Oh my gosh, we're not wearing masks, but I was actually happy about it. It was also <laughs> kind of scary. Cause you know, our kids aren't vaccinated. I, that's still in the back of my mind, but 
Yeah. You know, I try not to dwell on that. Yeah, we had a great time in Columbus. We did have to get on the road early after your, Nick, your fabulous brunch. It was Uh, Nick. It was Nick. It was, he did great. You guys both, (laughs) you were the hosts with the most. It was perfect. Um, And your, um, so we boogied back for hockey. So the week before Mm. we came to see you, my team won in overtime in a shootout. And so we were playing the number one team uh, the Sunday we got back from you guys, the Sunday before Memorial Day weekend. Um, and we won. Awesome. I, I saw know. that. That's I was so, so excited. Great. Were yeah. you were you guys expected to win or was that a complete shock? Uh, probably a complete shock considering okay. we only won two games the entire season until the playoffs. However, I know the other captain, he's the commissioner of the league and he was missing a, key, a few like key people. Um, so I had a hunch we had a chance. Um, but I would say we just gelled as a team towards the end. I moved back to defense, which I I think is eerily just a pattern for me. I play defense on all of my winning teams with my run, one friend, Dave, and we just seemed to like work well together. Anyway, it, it was a whole thing, but it was very exciting. Um, oh, and then, yeah, I'm drinking a beer tonight, which I normally don't drink during the week. It's it's Thursday night. But, Gina, work has been kicking my butt. Like, I don't uh. yeah. So bad ever since we got back from Columbus. And I do love my job. I love everything about it. My days fly by. I don't hate it, but we have this series coming up on the podcast all about self-care. And I, this is like the perfect topic for me because I need balance and not just on like a week to week basis or month to month. I need daily balance in my life. And so I just left work today emotionally drained. Gina, I saw a patient today. I have to drive her blood sugars down like cut them in half in one week. The woman is going in for a gastrectomy. She will not have a stomach for the rest of her life. And I have to be the person to control her blood sugars. Like how unfun. Why does that happen? She does. It just emotionally taxing. And more people have gained access to my patient's schedule because I don't, with my leadership duties, I don't always see a full load of patients. Actually, I rarely do. And every time I look at my patient's schedule, patients are just lying on there. And it's stressing me out because the work, the other work is just accumulating. My office looks like a freaking bomb went off. I've been logging it at night to finish all my charts. I am just like, wow, in deep at work. I don't know what that means for me, but I I have patients I need to call over the long weekend because we're getting them ready. Anyway, it's just a mess. So I am, I am pooped. I am so ready for this weekend, (laughs) the long holiday weekend. And yes, I know. Last night you're like, can we podcast tonight? And I was like, no, can't do it. I, I need a workout. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Nicole. Who yeah. was the one that told, t- taught you how to say no? It was me. Shoot. <laughs> well, that's a work in progress, Gina. Big time. Is it? You're still working on that one. I'm so big time. Well, you and... said no to me a couple times and I'm very proud of you for it. <laughs> you're I'm like, Nicole, ju- Nicole just rejected me. Good job, Nicole. <laughs> I'm a little annoyed, but good job. I taught her that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you're so fun. I'm working on it. You're my you're my mentor for sure. Yes, uh, yes, I can say no in a heartbeat. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, tonight's gonna be a fun topic too. But before we uh, begin, just a quick favor to ask: if you're loving the podcast, please write us a review. Redu- re- blah, reviews on iTunes are everything to us, and they really help us reach more people with the show. So please, we'd appreciate it so so much. And we've definitely touched on tonight's topic uh, in the past on the topic of family meals and feeding feeding choosy eaters uh, quite a bit on our show. But as caregivers and the suppliers and preparers of the food, we often lose the battle of wills when it comes to mealtime, especially dinner, at least in my house. Same for you? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> so today on the show, we're going to unpack some of the common problems with fa- problems families with kids may experience and some tips on how to combat those issues. One at a time, I'd like to reflect on whether this tip held true in our homes or how we've adapted over time. So I guess jumping right in, Gina, we're going straight to mm-hmm. snacks. Uh, do you set any boundaries in your house or limitations on snacks as far as timing, quantities, what's offered? Give us the lowdown. Well, you could probably answer this because you spent some time with us this weekend. And I think we had some conversations about this, but uh, I'll go ahead and and say it. So I really have nothing written in stone when it comes to snacking. I There's not like a rule that my kids know about or that I even you know know about. So Truthfully, my kids are snacks, as I'm sure most health households have some type of a pantry where the snack foods, which are mainly the processed foods, are all kept. Okay, so my kids will go towards the pantry pretty much all the time and say, I'm hungry, generally on the weekends or before dinner or after dinner, whatever. Uh, many times I, I really just think that they're bored. But I'll generally say something along the lines of, okay, let's come up with some options. And then I'll give them a list of options. And I will say those options that I give them generally don't include anything from the pantry. So if they're truly hungry, they'll take me up on those options. So what are those options? They include things like apples and peanut butter or crackers and cheese or chips and hummus. So, you know, generally balanced foods, but they'll still enjoy But if it turns out that they're really just bored, they tend to just move on and get the idea that it's not snack time. Okay, mom's on her, you know, I I hear the options. I'm actually not that hungry. Let's move on and keep playing. Uh, I'm trying to get them to understand and trust their own body and really their internal hunger cues and signals. So I would say as far as time, if I did have any rule that's, I guess, set in stone in a way, really the only thing I say is no snacks right before dinner. Uh, or lunch if we're, you know, at home on the weekends, but generally the only meal I'm giving them in the day is dinner. So if, you're, if they want a snack right before dinner, I ju- generally say, no, we're eating dinner in five, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is. Uh, but I did want to kind of discuss quickly when we were all outside. Okay, so let me set the scene here. It was, I don't know, like <laughs> 70 degrees outside. <laughs> we were, me, you, Mark and Nick, I'm, I don't think they were there actually. We were sitting outside on our on our back patio. The kids had been playing out in the water, with squirt guns. It was hot. It was probably 80 degrees. And they had been playing for a good couple hours. We'd eaten maybe two, three hours prior. And I just thought to myself, they've got to be hungry. So I went inside and just put together kind of a nosh tray, like you like to call them. Cashews, maybe some cheese, some sliced apples, some berries, done, and put it down. And I remember specifically you saying, you're getting out snacks? Like, I would never do that. (laughs) And I think what you meant was that you would never do that unless they asked for snacks. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what did those kids do? They ate it like they, my kids ate it like they had never seen food in their life. No, I think that they all did. I think they all ate a good, and obviously uh, Piper went straight for the cashews. (laughs) A girl can eat. Cashews to the dome. (laughs) Some serious cashews. I made sure to have those on hand for her. Um, but here's what I'm thinking. So think about times at work or just in your day when you're having a lot of fun or you're super busy at work. Sometimes it's true. You kind of forget to eat. You've, you've lost track of your hunger cues because you're just so busy or so mm-hmm. engrossed in play, whatever it is you're doing. You, as a kid, especially, 
you know, my kids sometimes they're hungry, but they don't even notice it because they're just having so much fun. And I knew that was the case. And then what happens if it becomes too late, just like with adults, they get hangry and then it's too late. So I sort of nipped that in the bud before I, before it happened. Uh, so that's why I did that. And I just wanted to kind of talk about that little <laughs> experience. But yes, they, they took the, that plate to the face pretty much. Yes. It was gone in, in two seconds. I guess I have a different take on that because okay. Piper probably had enough calories that she would not have been hungry. And fat. I mean, fat is so satiating to eat. She probably ate like half a cup of cashews. I mean, 400 when? calories for a four-year-old. But when? Just then? Yeah. During the snack. Yeah. Yeah. Plus other stuff. So, like, but, I don't think she yeah, would be hungry what, for lunch like an hour later. But we, but we, okay, so it was one o'clock when I did this or maybe two. And we ended up eating dinner at five. I mean, I don't know about you, but I get yeah. hungry every couple, I don't what two to three hours. Breakfast. I don't know. Because we had eaten at the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they, it was like a heavy meal for that. I don't know. I just. But see, this is where you and I differ. I don't think yeah. about calories at all. I don't think about how many calories do my kids eat. I just know that even no matter how many calories I eat, I am still going to be hungry in two to three hours. It really does. Generally doesn't matter. Like my. I tend to get hungry every couple hours and, and I tend to want to eat something every couple hours. Nothing doesn't have to be gigantic. I mean, if I ate a good amount of calories before, I probably won't eat something real large. Uh, but I just think that my kids are like that too. And, and again, I think a, kids are really good at being intuitive eaters. So if we put that plate in front of them, if they weren't hungry, I'm telling you, they wouldn't have eaten it. <laughs> no, you don't I believe that, but I think it's true. Yeah, I think there was like some peer pressure of just like, I'm going to get the snacks first. And, you know, they were having fun and like kid stuff. So I think, yeah. Okay, so we do have different takes on snacks. I think in that moment, I was just so far from hungry because I ordered the like fattiest thing on the menu for reference. It was a cinnamon roll with fried chicken on top. Um, Shared it with Mark for sure. And the I shared the cinnamon roll with the girls. But I was like nowhere near hungry. Um, Anyway. In our house, I would say snacks are offered. And at school, I don't have control, right? Like, so I don't know what happens. They they do what they do. But on the weekends, snacks are offered about 3 p.m.-ish. We call snack time, um, which is consistent with their school days. And I would say they always include a fruit or a vegetable. I try. And then nothing is really offered after, after that time. And rarely is something asked for. Um, so I would say snacks are a huge reason also why we pulled our kids from after school care and opted for an after school babysitter because it came, became so problematic to have like this snack buffet at daycare um, that they would never eat dinner because obviously goldfish crackers, pretzels, fruit snacks, popcorn, graham crackers, they're tired. They're cranky. I mean, for a young child to be at daycare for eight hours. Yeah, they're probably just like, that's their comfort at that point. I don't know, but they, my kids were eating zero for dinner and it was driving me bonkers because I knew that mm-hmm. they were just filling up with nutritionally void foods. Um, anyway, so that's kind of what we've gone to. Now, I will say if it's if dinner is a little bit later, which it kind of is in our house, and I know that they're hungry and there's stuff like tonight there was rotisserie chicken sitting on the counter. We weren't having that for dinner, but I knew my kids were hungry. So I let them snack on that just a little bit while I was prepping dinner. Um, or like tonight I always put cashews into the stir fry. Like they had a couple cashews while we were waiting. So things like that, where I think they are hungry. Um, yeah. So I don't know, but I am, I, 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 I definitely have more structure to snack time for sure. <laughs> and yeah, and I, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I'll tell you daycare snacks also drive me nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, actually this will be the first year in forever that Paige will not be getting 
a late afternoon snack before I pick her up because she's going to be going to um, kindergarten at, at, or I'm sorry, first grade at a public school and they don't do snacks. Right. Mm -hmm. I, what's she going to do? I mean, she's used to getting to school after eating breakfast, having a morning snack, then having lunch and having an afternoon snack. Now, no snacks. So I'm actually I think she'll be fine, but she's not going to be used to this. I'm expecting her to eat a lot more for dinner. I'm actually mm -hmm. truly excited about it. <laughs> well, that brings us to the yeah. to the next question. Where you'll 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 laugh. <laughs> well, my mom has always said, and I agree with her. Food tastes better when you're hungry. Yeah, that makes sense, right? And mm -hmm. we're talking about not becoming a short order cook, so it's perfect. Yeah, you want them to be hungry. So dinner. Okay, next topic. What are your dinner quote rules or expectations? I realize it's a broad question, but I'm wondering what's not a variable in your dinner time routine. Okay, so it is hard. First, I will say that Nick is generally still working when we make dinner. So I generally get dinner on the table around 5.30, 5.45. And sometimes he's still working, sometimes he's not. So we'll all be sitting down. And I, my rule, I have five minutes listed on here. Generally, it's 10. So I'll say, Alexa, set the timer and it's 10 minutes. We all have to sit down for 10 minutes. My kids are just not hungry. And ask me if we should push back dinner. We just can't do it. It's just, we are... Our sleeping and schedule and all that is just, it will get, it just gets completely screwed up if we eat any later than that. We've tried. So I'm really hoping the non-afternoon snacking situation is going to make this a little bit better. Anyway, mm -hmm. we sit down, we have to, we do sit together as a family for at least 10 minutes. Um, that's what we do. We ask Alexa, Alexa to set that timer. We generally ask questions. Uh, what's your favorite or least favorite part of the day? And what are you grateful for? And honestly, I don't even think that much about what they eat. I know it's the opposite of what you're going to say. I really don't. I don't even care. Uh, I know that <laughs> sounds crazy. If they don't try the food that I, that I give them, again, I don't care. I will do some things prior to serving to try to get them, to try to entice them and get them interested in what I'm making. Mm -hmm. uh, the only thing I really insist that they finish on their plate every single night is their milk. And um, that's because that's really their only calcium and vitamin D um, and really the best source of protein that they're getting at this point, especially when they don't eat much for dinner. Uh, so, and I don't give them much milk. I give them maybe four ounces of milk. So it's not that hard and they like it. So I'm not forcing them to do something that they don't want to do, but that's generally the only rule, if you will, that they have at dinner other than have to sit for 10 minutes. And they do generally eat something. Uh, I sort of, I, I like that. Um, recommendation from Megan McNamee uh, from Feeding Littles. She was on our podcast back uh, in April on Easter. And I loved her recommendation to always serve. If you make something, always serve it with uh, something that you know your kids are going to like. And I do generally do that and then they'll eat that. Um, but yeah, not, mm -hmm. not a whole lot of dinner rules. What about you? Uh, a huge variation here. So Sunday through Thursday, we all eat together roughly the same time, about 6.30 p.m., um, and we eat the same meal or some version of the same meal. So for example, tonight was like a Thai chicken basil uh, stir fry type thing. I served Mark's and mine kind of on top of the rice, and I put the kids separate, and then I served a fruit alongside it. So um, to your point, they kind of had some safe foods. Uh, and then Friday and Saturday might be a meal out with everyone, or we'll do something like Morningstar Farms corn dogs or fish sticks or something from the freezer because they have a babysitter and they love those nights. Um, <laughs> so we definitely have like our our kid food nights that they love. Um, my kids, however, don't agree on the same like kid foods. Like 
Shay loves mac and cheese. Um, Piper hates it. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> fish sticks, chicken fingers, those tend to be the safe, um, the ones that they both enjoy. Uh, but yeah, I would say Sunday through Thursday, I cook. We all eat together. No time limit, but we definitely, it's like a phone-free zone for the most part. And we're asking them about their day. And um, it's cute because they'll even respond and say, mommy, daddy, what was the, what was your favorite part of the day? It's really cute. Yeah. Like some, just like an adult conversation. Um, uh-huh. last I always night, have a hard time answering that question too. I'm like, uh. <laughs> like, what do you, I what couldn't do you even really tell you. Know? <laughs> They're just being cute. Like last night, Piper, we're eating outside and I made kimchi tacos, uh, Korean tacos. And Shay was like a hard no. And Piper looked at me and she goes, mm, I just really like these tacos, mommy. You're my favorite, mommy. You're so sweet. And she's like, that's her eyes at me. And I'm like, um, you're the cutest. Uh, oh like, I Wait, Mark, she I'm, ate kimchi tacos. I'm sorry. I cannot did. get over that. It, so the kimchi was like homemade. It was just like a cabbage and a vinegar. But yeah, she tore it Yum. up. She ate the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yum. Oh, that that is like, oh, I could. Mm, I am blessed because I am half and half. Like I have one child who feeds my love tank with just her openness to try new foods. And she is just she hates mango, but she's always willing to try it. She'll go, oh, well, you might. It tastes like candy, Piper. You should. Try. She always tries it. And she's like, nope, still mm-hmm. don't like it. And I just <laughs> love that about her. She's so um, willing uh, to try new things. Yeah. And I thought, I think Megan told us by like four, SHIT hits the fan with <laughs> with kids. So I'm holding out hope that, you know, with Piper turning five in September that we've gotten through that. And she's just like me and she loves all food. Um, yeah. But I realize that she is the exception, <laughs> not the rule. Right. But Yeah, I would say Paige is is mine that will try it. She'll try anything. Anything awesome. I give her, she'll generally try it. Doesn't doesn't normally like it. I mean, we opened it. I was just thinking when you said kimchi, we opened, we were at my mom's house right after you guys left, actually. And we opened a thing of um, sauerkraut, a jar of sauerkraut. And, you know, when you, when you open that thing, it smells rank. <laughs> but uh, I said, go ahead and try it, Paige. She said, okay. And she did. She didn't like it. I don't know that she hated it, though. She didn't spit it out. You can tell when she hates something, but she didn't spit it out. She still ate it, but she didn't want more. <laughs> it's awesome I was just to let them try that. new foods. And don't never, yeah. ever, ever, ever make assumptions about what your kids will and won't eat. True. And That's just because true. you don't like it doesn't mean your kid won't. Yep. I have a lot. But if you, if you talk about how much you don't like something, your kids probably won't like it either because they're going to hear you say that. True. Goes for family members, food. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> all the things exactly. you don't like. Um <laughs> Well, Gina, you alluded to it about safe foods and our advice from Megan McNamee uh, from episode 89. Uh, So critical to offer new foods alongside, quote, safe foods or favorites of your child. So what are some of the safe foods you might include at a mealtime? I know this is so child dependent. So what are your kiddos safe foods? Mm -hmm. So they're generally just easy vegetables or fruits. So cantaloupe, banana, berries or sliced carrots, sliced cucumber. Or I would say something that we do almost, well, a lot is either whole wheat toast with avocado or tortilla and guacamole, tortilla Mm -hmm. chips and guacamole. Those are some of our simple go-tos that we'll serve alongside whatever else I made. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say most fruits for us as well. Um, Just pro tip for parents is if you are serving the same dinner and you're not sure what your kid's... Oh, just always have cut fruit ready. And if you don't want to cut it up, buy one of those silly trays that cost an arm and a leg, but it's already done for you. And then you just pop it out of the fridge and it's ready to go. It's got good variety there. Um, and then kids can choose what they want. 
I think a dinner roll, like buy some whole wheat dinner rolls, grab them out of the freezer, rock and roll. Uh, chicken or shrimp are both safe foods for us. I would say typically any way I would prepare those is a safe food. Crackers are like basically my kid's favorite food group and milk <laughs> is definitely, um, I, I mean, to your point, your kids are a little bit less interested in milk. Mine are very interested in milk. So if they're drinking eight ounces of milk at dinner, I know they're not starving, right? I mean, they're not right. going to go hungry if they're having that much, you know, protein and all. I feel good about that at least. Exactly. Uh, true. And that's why I, that my one rule is that you need to finish your milk. And I don't even mm-hmm. give them a lot, but it's enough to get them, you know, what, like four or five grams of protein, fill them up a little bit and send them on their way. <laughs> yeah. Well, this episode is all about not offering alternatives, perhaps, but are there times when you will are, offer alternatives at dinner? Like something that, is different from kind of what the family's eating. Sure. Yeah. I would say if I'm making something that I'm not sure they will like, which is every single time I make something, uh, <laughs> I ask them, <laughs> uh, I try, I ask them first if they want to try it. And if I can tell they aren't interested, I give them two other options. I will say this. They are not always the same. And I won't even say there's always two. I, I actually it's either one or two. They're not always the same. And here's why. Because if they were always the same, then they will, they will, they'll say, okay, well, I'm not going to try this because I know mom's going to offer me this. You know, if, if I always offer them the same, they'll always know not to try what I made because they'll get what I'm about to tell them they can have. So I generally have sort of like four to five go-to meals that I will offer them instead in something that's very, very simple, such as frozen ravioli with sauce or a grilled cheese or avocado toast with eggs, a bean and cheese burrito, um, or even sometimes just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And generally what I will do, because what I cannot stand is making a dinner, you know, standing in the kitchen for an hour, making a dinner, putting it on their plate, serving them a meal. We all sit down and then they say, no, I'm not going to eat this. And then I have to get up and make them something else, which is the whole, you know, title of, of our, um, of this episode, being a short order cook. I want to sit down and eat my meal when it's nice and warm after I've just made it. So generally what I will do is I will come talk to them as I'm making it, try to get them involved in making it, uh, tell them what I'm making, kind of get a feel for whether or not they're going to eat it. And then uh, kind of have the ingredients ready to go, even like, for example, the ravioli with the sauce on it, ready to go in the microwave, basically preparing for them to deny what I made. Um, but they don't know that necessarily. I'm not letting them know that. <laughs> I'm just ready. So when they say no, thank you, I just go and zap the microwave and it's going to be ready in five minutes. I can eat my food. I can, you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So again, I don't let them know that I'm doing this, but I'm just prepared so I don't have to be annoyed and get up and make them something. I will say I've also started kind of with Paige specifically teaching her how to make her own alternative. Uh, she made her own P- PB&J a couple of weeks ago. That was nice. So I think I do s- sort of see a time in the near future where if she doesn't want to have what I made, I'll say, okay, well, why don't you make this and she can make her own meal. Oh, yeah, that should be. So, how many times time. a week do you make something new that the kids would get an alternative? I would say I generally cook something two to three times a week. So, two to three times a week, they're getting an alternative. If they're not, if they're not eating what I made, yes. Mm-hmm. But would you, you know. what percentage of time would you say that they are interested in trying what you've made? Like, they're you're not planning an alternative for them, or you said almost 30, always thirty to forty. Okay, that's pretty good. I, I made the pot sticker uh, stir fry the other uh-huh. day from your blog. And they actually ate that. Of course, they ate just the pot stickers, but we'll take it. Um, 
I will say I've been very, I've been doing better at actually picking out meals that I think maybe they will like. For a while there, yeah. I was picking out meals based on just, I don't know, I want to try this. It sounds interesting. But I've gotten smart and realized that if I'm going to work hard on this meal and have leftovers always, then it needs to be something that I at least think my kids might consider eating. Uh, and that's taken some time for me to kind of realize. I will, I'll, I'll kind of uh, throw out, I, I did just uh, get a copy of Amanda, oh gosh, no, Hernandez. Hernandez. Yes, thank you. Uh, her book, she is the Michigan nutritionist uh, on Instagram. And I can't remember, it's like 30, no, it's like 130 minute meals or something like that. It's a, it's a great, we'll put it in our, in our show notes, but I did go through it and, and, you know, put a little, basically marked probably about 50 of the recipes. Again, thinking to myself, foods that not only I will love and that Nick will love, but also the kids. I think her kids, her kids obviously have a very wide, varied palate. I see them on Instagram eating a lot of great things. Um, but some of the things in that book, I don't think my kids are quite ready to enjoy. Maybe they will be. Um, but I'm, I'm sick of testing it and then being disappointed. And I don't want to say, I don't think that's a cop out. Like I've, I've done, I've done what I can, but I'm just kind of done again, being a short order cook. So I am now really choosing things based on the assumption that there's at least a, I don't know, an 80% chance that my kids will actually really enjoy what I'm making. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm being a little bit more picky these days. I like that you said that because my answer is in offering alternatives is sometimes though it's rare. I, you said it like, you know, pretty much if your kids mm -hmm. are going to eat it or not. Um, so if Mark and I are having like a leftover, which happens like maybe once or twice a week or something that I, I just know the kids aren't going to care for, I will occasionally offer a different meal from what we're eating, but it, it's planned. It's the same thing. They have to agree. So like more, again, Morningstar Farms, corn dogs, or just something along those lines. Um, meatballs, you know, frozen turkey meatballs with red sauce and pasta with a vegetable. So I would say it's generally just like three to four times a month week that on weekdays weekends are a little bit more loosey goosey and it would fish sticks, uh, faux chicken nuggets, mac and cheese, you know, that type of stuff. However, I would say it's pre-planned and communicated should the kids ask what's for dinner. So I'm not presenting, this is what I'm having and this is you can have this or I, I'm just we're deciding it together and like that's it and they have to kind of agree um because I don't want to be a short order cook um <laughs> or in creating that situation in the moment of dinner woes it's it's just going to establish that pattern of refusal in lieu of being offered an alternative but I think you hit the nail on the head Gina I have got I think I'm having greater success in not being a short order cook or just hating my life between the hours of 7 30 or 5 30 and 7 because I'm choosing rest my Somebody said to me, they're like, really? Chicken nuggets on a Caesar salad? I'm like, dude, I got kids now. Like, this blog is changed. It's my blog. Yes. If you don't like it, then go away. Like, and, and some people have commented, your recipes are not as nutritious as they used to be. No, no, they're not. Because I am feeding a six-year-old and a four-year-old who have different ideas of what they want to eat. And this is what I have to do for the nutrition of all of us, which... um. I'm going to wrap sanity into that. So just, it, it's just important. So yeah, to your point, Gina, pick smart, you know, your family. And I, think it, I think it is harder for you too. I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong, generally choose a recipe, a new recipe based on pos the possibility of it going on your blog. Yeah. So you want it to be somewhat unique and that's more difficult. You have to think about that. And will my kids possibly eat it? 
Yeah, Mark um, always jokes. He's like, this was really good, so we'll never have it again, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> so you you rarely remake things. You make it once and then you're kind of done because you're is that is that how it usually works for you because of the, of the blog? It's it it is rare. Yeah, there are some favorites though. There are like the pot sticker stir fry. It's a favorite. Um, that was oh, a yeah. huge huge win. And my kid, those are safe vegetables for my kids: the carrots, the corn, and the mm-hmm. broccoli. So that all worked out well. Um, yeah, we're not a big repeat family for the sake of the blog. Yeah, I mean, hello. I mean, it's been thousands and thousands of recipes. At, at some point, they're all similar, right? I mean, sure. Nick will actually say, you know, keep this in our our recipe rotation. Uh He says that quite a bit. He said that to the to the pot sticker one. The kids did not like that. I put the pot stickers um, in the teriyaki sauce. So the next time I I make it. Yeah, we don't want this. That's not a bad thing. I should have thought about that. I know it's true. Uh, I generally try to the sauce. They're just not big on sauces other than ketchup. (laughs) ketchup on everything (laughs) ketchup on everything literally it's gross (laughs) so gina how hard in quotes here do you try to get your children to try a meal component on their plate uh do you implement the no thank you bite rule what is the no thank you bite so the no thank you bite is you take a bite just to be sure that you don't like it if you've never had it before and you don't know you take a bite to be sure that you can say no thank you i don't care for that Sure, sure. Just like I do in most situations, I ask myself, okay, going back to the to the previous question, I like to have a say in what I'm having for dinner or for, for really any meal for that matter. I, the only time I'm ever okay with just being served something without having any, putting any thought or suggestion to it is if I'm going to someone's house for dinner or a meal. So that's why I treat my kids the way I do. Like if they're not going to have any say and really any meal that they eat, that's really not fair. So I try to help them as much as possible because I know I wouldn't like that. That being said, same with a no thank you bite or pushing my child to try a meal. If someone gives me something, now I'm different. I will try just about anything. Unless you give me a fried cicada, I probably won't try that. (laughs) (laughs) But anything else, like I'm willing to try I there I don't think that there's anything out there that I wouldn't try. I that's just I I love. But when I was a kid, maybe not. So I think about that when I give my kids something new. I do I will ask them once, you know, or maybe twice, you know, please try it. After that, I really do not push. I don't make a big deal about it. And actually half the time I will say when I don't make a big deal about it and I just ignore it, I find that generally Paige will take a bite. For example, yesterday, Nick made this some type of beef in the slow cooker. It was fall off the bone, fatty, juicy, delicious. And he served it on mac and cheese. <laughs> it was one of our decadent dinners. Okay. Yeah. I know I, I know I say he doesn't really cook. I will say lately he's been, I don't know where this is coming from, but he's been doing a lot of cooking. So he served it to Paige. Paige, by the way, hates mac and cheese. Just like it sounds oh, like Piper does. Yeah. Interesting. So he, yeah. So he served her meat just separate and she looked at it. She's like, I'm not going to try that. And so, of course, Nick was like, well, just give it a try. You might like it. Give it a try. He kind of pushes a little bit harder than I do, which I think is probably true with Mark a little bit, too, mm-hmm. just based on what I what I heard this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we both stopped talking. We didn't say anything. And we we're just kind of talking about our day. And I and I kind of see out of the periphery of my of my uh, left side that 
Paige is trying the meat. <laughs> so we stopped talking about it and she tried it and she didn't hate it. I, I don't know that she loved it, but she actually took a couple of bites. So she took that first bite and a second. <laughs> she stopped after that. But hey, so I guess the moral of my of, of what I'm saying here is that, no, we don't push it. And we find that the less we push it, the more likely they are to try it. But if they don't try it still, it doesn't bother me. And we just move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've learned from you, Gina. I pressure this <laughs> less and less every day. I, I've adapted. So I, I do ask nicely and then move on. And I'll tie my answer into the next question when we get there. But I will usually offer... Um, or I kind of usually plate everybody's meals and then explain to them what we're eating. Generally, the kids are in the kitchen with me, so they know exactly what's coming. They're usually prepared, like involved in the preparation, uh, so they kind of see what's in it. They can taste it, smell it. Um, I offer for them to smell it before they eat. You know, try a bite of dinner. Uh, if it's a compound food, meaning like a bunch of foods together, something with a sauce um, that they just may not recognize or be familiar with, that is probably what's most likely to be rejected. Uh, So I may serve the components separately. So for a stir fry, I may leave the meat and vegetables separate from the rice and the vegetable, just kind of same ingredients, if you will, just served in a different way. uh, That's a a bit more accepting to kind of little, little, little friends. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say if you're, if you're just kind of starting off or you're unsure to eat the same meal, but you just present it in a way that's a bit safer for kids. Everybody wins. Agree. 100%. So here we differ again, Gina. But uh, for our listeners, what's your methodology for offering desserts with or after dinner? Yeah. I have heard offer desserts with dinner. It's the best thing to do. I I, I understand the concept in theory. And, and I think here's where my kids are very, very different. I would easily offer Paige dessert with dinner um, because she has control around her desserts and she's not obsessed with desserts. Cameron, on the other hand, like is at this stage where he is, well, you probably noticed it when, okay, quick story. Our kids were downstairs watching Frozen and I don't know how we ended up realizing that, well, you say that Shay was sending him upstairs to get snacks. I guarantee maybe she said one little thing like, hey, go get a snack. And he was like, I'm sure he was all over it. I'm sure she did no forcing. He was like, okay, great. And just went right into the pantry and started grabbing who knows. Like no, he came outside and, and was like getting marshmallows. But that, but, but then after that, but yes, that oh, started with the marshmallows. There That's was true. something I didn't there was, know about. There was more. <laughs> oh, yeah. They had Lucky Charms bars down oh. here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I came down just in the nick of time. They had just opened them. So I like took a tiny one and split it four ways. So they each had like a bite essentially. Um, but yeah, so that's my, that's, that's Cameron. Okay. So I don't offer a dessert with dinner. Uh, they know they get dessert on specific nights of the week. So generally on nights that we have bath night, which yes, we do not bathe our kids every day. (laughs) Judge if you want, go ahead. Who has Um, time for that? Jeez. Seriously. I mean, if they're, you know, obviously in the summer, it's a little bit different. We'll give them little sponge baths if they're gross, but yeah, they're not teenagers yet. So they're fine. Um, but on bath night, they don't get dessert because we're just in a hurry. Uh, but on non bath night, they know they get a small dessert. I do not require they eat their food before getting dessert, but I do require they finish their milk. And that's really the only rule. So if they didn't eat dinner, they still get dessert. Now, granted, their dessert is not, it's nothing, you know, they're not getting a piece of cake or a donut. They're generally getting like a few pieces of candy from their candy box or maybe a half a cookie or sometimes a small dish of ice cream. 
sometimes an ice cream cone. Yeah. So yeah. What about you? Uh, I would say consistent between the two of them, between leader day and birthdays, it seems like at least one, two, three times a week, they're having like a cupcake, something along those lines at school for snack. So I'm just less inclined. I know that. So I'm less inclined to offer it with dinner as well. I just think two sweets, especially if they're not like a full size cupcake, like potentially two a day for a four year old is just I think that's too much. Um, So I will say during the week, I offer like one to two times uh, something sweet, just kind of randomly. I don't tie it at all to anything like it's it's always a surprise and it's always after dinner. Um, I really do like the element of surprise with that, but I will say I will always give dessert. And I, I think Gina, you instilled this in me, but I always give dessert regardless of whether they ate dinner or not, if that was the plan. However, I will give perhaps slightly more if dinner was actually consumed. <laughs> but you don't tell them that. No, no, yeah. it's, it's all a surprise afterwards. Itself. And then so Shay will sometimes go, well, Piper got a little bit more. And I'll say, well, Piper ate some food tonight. You know, we're not going to just exist on on milk and, and sugar. Right, um, right. So, yeah, it, it's I don't try and punish it because it's in real time. And she's quickly over it. Like she's super happy for her sugar. And she's like, yum, 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 yum. And it's never like a thing. But I think the element of surprise is helpful there. Yeah. Well, but like you would tell never us- anything overly decadent. Right. Hmm? Uh, the story of our s'mores. Um, and, and this is where, again, yeah. we are very, very different. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Our kids were fine. Um, we made s'mores one night and I let my kids eat s'mores until they can't eat anymore. <laughs> and you only let your kids have one. <laughs> so yeah. I think, but but here's the thing. You would think that if if you told kids that they could eat as many s'mores as they want, they would like eat 10 s'mores. But I think Paige had two and Cameron had one and a half. Of course, he still wanted some more marshmallows, but um, we put a... <laughs> After like half hour, we were like, okay, we're done. Um, but yeah, you you might be surprised as to how little they'll actually eat if you let them have free reign. Kind of like I think the whole two idea. S'mores is a lot. See, <laughs> I will say our kids have different. I would say they come from different genetics as well. Like I I mm. I am um, quietly imposing all of my fears and experience mm. in the area of obesity. I and I, I am doing everything to do that in the least damaging way possible for my girls. But it it lingers. I'm just going to be honest. Like it just yeah. does. It does. That's it's okay. Royally screwed in my head. Um, but they're and, and super happy with one s'more. Like they're thrilled <laughs> with it. I think they look and they're like, "Oh, he's having more." Like lucky him. Moving on. Like I just I don't yes. think they think too much of it. I don't know. I could be totally off base. Um, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because a s'more to me is I don't know. That's pretty decadent. You guys do it with a full-size Reese cup, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think, to your point, you know, I I, I don't. I, mm, I've i never had to watch what I put in my mouth. But at the same time, I'm saying that out loud. And now, as uh, I don't it's even hard. like the way that sounded. I mean, I don't think, I truly don't think, I wish, okay, even if I had grown up in a larger body, I still don't think I should have to watch what I put in my mouth. You shouldn't have to watch what you put in your mouth based on the weight that you have, the, the, how much you weigh, what the scale tells you. That's what diet culture tells us that we have to do. We, but you will gain weight if you don't. Possibly. You, possibly. And, possibly yeah, not. I, if you're in tune with your body's hunger signals, you will find your set point weight and be happy there. Maybe you won't be happy there, but that's where your body will be happy. <laughs> you might not be happy with it, but that's where your body will fit comfortably. If yeah. you're in tune with your body, 
eating when you're hungry, not eating when you're, generally speaking, eating when you're hungry, not eating when you're full, right? Um, yeah. So I, I, I know what you're saying and I, and I don't have that perspective. So I don't know if my parenting would be different had I grown up in a larger body. I don't know that. I have no, if my family, you know, if we all had larger bodies, mm-hmm. we don't. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it comes so yeah. down to balance too. I, I'm all about balance. So if my kids had had a super nutritious dinner or Gina, we went to North Market and I asked for Brussels sprouts. You guys, I got oh three Brussels sprout halves. Halves. Yeah. Halves. One and a half so it was Brussels sprouts. One and 1.5 Brussels sprouts. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hoping to like give my kids something green for the weekend. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen today. So Gina and I ate the 1.5 Brussels sprouts. But, but they did have that amame. That was nice. Yeah, they did have that amame. I guess my point is just if they had had a nutritious day, mm-hmm. I'm much more inclined to say, eh, have at it. Like I know their tummies are full of like good for you food. And yeah, it's not going to be an issue with how much they eat. When they've basically eaten like crap all day for multiple yeah. days in a row, I'm just less inclined to be like, yeah, how about the s'mores? I don't know. I'm just a balanced person. And I try and, and instill that in them too. I agree with you 100%. 100%. I do agree with you. Uh, I think in the, it was only two days. I think to mm-hmm. myself, it's two days. What, you know, what harm can it be or can it do? And I guess if it was a whole week, I'd be like, yeah, I'd be watching a little bit more carefully, mm-hmm. but just for a couple of days, meh. I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't necessarily focusing on eating fruits and vegetables and, you know, so I think, okay, well, yeah. I'll let my kids, you know, kind of do their own thing as well. I appreciate the conversation just because I think there is some difference, slight difference between you and I. And I think at the end of the day, parents have to do what's right for them. No family dynamic or children or family situation is the same. So I think Mm -hmm. it's reading it and kind of intaking and digesting this stuff and applying it in a way that's best for your family. I don't know. What do you think? No, 100%. 100%. I agree. And what you're doing, while we are very different, I, I truly believe that what I'm doing and what Nick is doing is working for our kids and what you and Mark are doing is is working for your kids. So they're all happy. We just want to happy, healthy kids. That's all. <laughs> all right. We're going to summarize our advice here. Major takeaways um, that we feel kind of lead to dinnertime success, peaceful mealtimes and avoiding the short order cooking. So mm-hmm. number one, be consistent. When you follow a routine, your kids know what to expect And limiting the variation on a day-to-day basis is going to help them really have their expectations straight on what's happening, particularly with dinner. Uh, Two, offer a safe food at every meal. Uh, This is a safe food per child. So you may need to offer several safe foods, um, as not all children, as we've talked about, have the same safe food um, preferences as their siblings. Three, honor the family dinner. I think you and I both instill this in our families, Gina, but eat the same meal elements as much as possible to keep conversation light, fun, and not food focused. So again, taking the pressure off mm-hmm. of try this, you all that. Four, start slow. If the suggestions provided on today's show just feel far off from what you're doing today, start with a single element of change and go from there. Overhauling your dinnertime routine will be passionately rejected if you try to make changes too, too quickly. Um, So gain acceptance from one change before introducing the next. Uh, The fifth, show gratitude and appreciation for your children taking bites uh, and and just trying uh, new foods. And lastly, Gina, you added this one. I love it. Um, Get the kids involved in any way, even the smallest way in the kitchen. Um, You want to talk about your risotto the other night? Yeah. 
I was making risotto, which I figured my kids would eat. I mean, it was just vegetable risotto. I can't even remember. It had uh, split peas in it. It was delicious. So good. And I just was like, you know what? Maybe I'll just have them get involved somehow. What can I have them do? Oh, they can stir it because there's lots of stirring involved in risotto. So, of course, Paige didn't love to stir it, but she did for a little bit. And that was something. And I think it helped. And they both, I don't, won't say they devoured it, but they tried it and they enjoyed it. And so, yeah, I think that was helpful. See, that's one where I would serve the risotto with like shrimp on top for Mark and I, but shrimp on the side for my kids. Oh, and I know they'd eat the shrimp. That's I a, agree that, with you. Risotto is a great meal. That's a good example of like a safe food for us at least. Yes. Mm, making me hungry. What <sighs> mom win favorite new product or recipe you got, Gina? Mine's so boring. I will just say I've been using the Morningstar ground meat a lot. I kind of hadn't used it in a while and I've been bringing it back. I made those stuffed peppers that I, I put on the, the podcast quite a, a while ago, ago and I made a bolognese sauce with some mm. pasta. Nick used it in his quiche that he made for Mother's Day. Um, actually, he used the Morningstar chorizo, but it's just it's just so good. It's I hadn't easy. bought it in a long time. Yes, yes. And yeah, I just I love it. So we'll put a link in the show notes, but I'm sure you've all tried it. <laughs> is the chorizo your favorite? I don't know if the chorizo is. I think I, I like the chorizo. Um, I like the spice, but I, I think I really just like the the ground meat, the plain old ground meat, the, the shreds. It's like, a, yeah, ground meat. Yeah, not shreds. It's just. It's boring. There's not much flavor, but it's enough that it it almost, it just actually tastes like you're eating ground beef. Awesome. Mine is totally unrelated to food. Um, my friend, I went walking with her a week or so ago during lunch when work didn't completely overwhelm every minute of my day. And I, she walked into my office and I was like, girl, you look beautiful. Like your skin, like where you been? And she's like, oh, I've been in my bathroom using some bronzing foam. And I was like, wait a second. Is it any good? And she's like, yes, it's legit. So it's called Coco and Eve Sunny Honey Bali Bronzing Foam. And it's just it's not the dark one. It's um, assuming you're Caucasian. Go with like just the standard. The dark one, she said, is very, very dark. But you buy like a mitt and it tells you very clearly how So you exfoliate. I just use a loofah in the shower. You put this on and it really like bronzes you up within like two hours. And it, okay. So in the past, I I have experience with bronzing foams and whatnot in college. Uh-huh. It'd be on my clothes, on my sheets, on my bra. It was, yes. disgu- and it smelled like oh. not necessarily bad, but just you felt like a sticky chemical or something. Sticky. Yes. Yes. I, I agree. None of that with this. Um, the smell was pretty, but I mean, good if not benign. Um, somewhere between there, and there was no residual, nothing on my sheets, nothing. It was. I was very impressed. I won't use it all over, but I will say to like even out tan lines. Um, mm. my just using it on my legs. I was really, I was impressed. I was like, I, I like this stuff. I'm wondering if if my mom has used this. She used one where she had to put like mittens on, and mm-hmm. I was like, whoa, that's intense. Uh, I will say. That sounds like a little bit much to me. I'm sure it's beautiful, but I'm lazy. What do you know? Lazy in the kitchen, lazy in the bathroom. I use Rodan and Field. I don't use anything of theirs, but I do use their foam tanner. It is the first one I've found that is A, easy to apply. B, doesn't like streak or, you know, if you miss a spot, it's not Uh that obvious. And C, it does not smell and is not sticky. I love this stuff. I don't know what's in it. It might not be all natural, whatever. Um, but if you are not someone who wants to put gloves on, I'm sure it probably looks better. It's not a real, 
I wouldn't say you would look at me and think, whoa, you're so tan. It's very, very subtle. So I think if you want something a little bit less subtle, maybe the Cocoa and Eve. I mean, for example, I'm going on vacation soon. Maybe I should check this stuff out because the Rodan and Fields is very subtle, but it's enough that I, I, can, I can see a difference. You know what I mean? Actually, yeah. I, I, when you were asking me, when we had our, our conversation the other day about well, what kind of makeup we use, and you said, well, do you get it rubbed in on your, on your jawline? I don't even know what you're talking about. But I realized that when I put oh, yeah. that Rodan and Fields stuff on my face, I think sometimes I don't rub it in on my jawline. <laughs> I'm like, did she see something on my jawline? Oh, no. But you, what did you, your foundation? What did you say it is? SPF or? It was SPF. Oh, gosh. What is the brand? But it has yes, some bronzer in it, you said, right? Yes, correct. I got it on Amazon. Yes. I'm just like a bad woman. Like, I can't figure out the hairline, the ears, the chin, like blending it. It just looks it's so like. Hard. <laughs> it is. I'm just like, where's my cover girl? Like, just get rid of the shine and like out the door we go. Like, um, So have you used the Cocoa Eve yet? Did you say you did I use have, it? I have, yes. Okay. And it, it tells you, go easy on the elbows, go easy on the knees. You know, you don't want to turn into like, you know, crusty, crusty um, with your multiple shades. But, <laughs> yeah, it's uh. I was impressed. I thought it was, it's a good option if that's something that you're looking for. Not going to be an everyday thing for me, but yeah, if after the long winter I come out of hibernation and I glow, it's a nice little (laughs) transition for sure. (laughs) Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, coming up on June 6th, we will be dishing about men's health with father, trainer, and dietitian Andy Era. I always say Ara, but I believe it's Era. He's a good friend of mine. Until then, keep in touch with us on social media at Dietitian's Dish Podcast on both Facebook and Instagram. And check out all of our episodes and show notes on our website, dietitiansdishpodcast.com. Also, please tell your friends about us. They can find us on numerous outlets such as Overcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Pocket Cast. If you listen on iTunes, be sure to leave us a review. We promise it only takes a few seconds. All right, everyone. Until next time, be well. And Nicole, we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Gina. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening for the podcast. Bye-bye.